All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Directed IRA podcast with Matt Sorensen and Mark Kohler. This is, well, it's not the only, but it's the best podcast dedicated to helping you self-direct your IRA or other retirement account. And I'm, of course, joined with Mark J. Kohler, tax attorney, CPA, author, self-directed investor. Well, stop. Heck heck of a good guy. Stop it. All right. Keep going. I'll just keep saying (laughs) stop it. You just keep going. I mean, but keep going, but stop, but keep going, keep going. (laughs) Ah. Um, Well, hopefully you've already noticed we do try to keep this light, talking about technical tax and legal rules and making money. Making money is fun, but talking about some of the rules and creative ways to do it. uh, There's no easy button. You don't just like, we don't just have like an easy button. It's like, woo, here's the easy button. Go push it. You got (laughs) to learn some stuff and do some stuff. And then you get some stuff. I wish it could be like the matrix. You just sit down, plug in, you got it. And then you're fighting Keanu Reeves, you know, just, you know, but that's not how it works. So you got to bear with us. We're going to have a great show today. Uh, What are the rules to self-direct an IRA? We'll see how long we go. Maybe it's a half hour. Maybe it's 45. It's an hour, whatever it takes. Yeah. Just want to make sure you have some of the, equipment, the tools in the toolbox to really mm-hmm. make good on your investment. Um, yeah. and not have to lose sleep. We'll be like, um, we'll be like Bob Vila. Remember him? Like Bob yeah. Vila, like the, uh, that's his name. You know, you kind of like do the videos online before with YouTube. This was like infomercially. Yeah, that's true. Saturday morning TV show. on like how to stain your deck, you know, how to use the tools in your <laughs> toolkit. That's what we're going to try and be. We're going to do the Bob Vila today. For those of you who don't know who Bob Vila is, and I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. <laughs> well, you know, not all my examples hit, but um, I thought it was. Well, let's, what's that? I thought it was a good example. We're doing a like okay. Instead right. of staining your deck here in the fall, you know, using this special, you know, woodcutter, chipper, <laughs> mower, picking up leaves, we're going to talk about making. Oh money in your Roth or IRA or 401k or separate simple, all those goodies. And we should say that right off the bat. Why don't we say that? All of these rules, I don't know. Could we say that? And the the word that's out there is called prohibited transactions. We're just going to call them the big rule. Yeah. Yeah. There's some other ones, but that's the biggie. That's what the, that's what the gov is. They call it the man. They -hmm. like to call it prohibited transactions. We're just going to call it the rules. Um, Those rules, uh, could we say, Matt, this is a bold statement right out of the gate, that I'm going to deal with the same rules, whether it's a 401k, an IRA, a HSA, a SEP, or even a Roth for the most part. The Roth might be a little more stringent, but other than that, yeah, across the board, same rules. Yep. Across the board, same rules. Now there's different prohibited transaction consequences or penalties between IRA or 401k. Everything else is the same, whether you're going to have a prohibited transaction or not, same set of rules. So we want to just break down the rules for any of you self-directing that are new to it or that have been doing it a while. Um, Make sure you're implementing it this way. And we've helped tens of thousands of clients in our law firm, KQS Lawyers. We've done, we have thousands of accounts already at our company, Directed IRA, where we handle self-directed accounts and have done over a half a billion in transactions. And in our short time, we've been, when we've been operating. So we're out there like in the trenches, getting this stuff done, seeing cool deals, helping people actually self-direct and pull this off. So um, let me start with rule number one. Maybe we can just go back and forth. Okay. Like, yeah. And I want to reiterate caveat since you agreed. Mm. Again, and this happens on a live show all the time or in a webinar or class. Someone will say, well, what's the rule for 401k? Okay. Again, every <laughs> rule we're talking about today is going to be the same in a self-directed 401k, solo 401k, group 401k, IRA, Roth, HSA, simple set. So I just want to make that clear. So all of you are like, okay, cool. Once I'm self-directing, mm-hmm. then all these rules are about the same. Yes. Yep. And then, okay, your rule number one. I, I like, let's do it. What's your rule number one? Rule number one, when you're making a self-directed investment, and this is, happens every day where we're doing transactions, we get documents for clients. So like, I want my IRA to invest in this. I'm buying a piece of real estate or I'm investing into this private fund. Okay. Rule number one, your IRA is making the investment, not you. So when you complete documents for the investment, don't put on there Mark Kohler as the buyer. 
<laughs> the property, okay? It's directed. I don't want company. it anyway. Yeah, I don't want your mess. <laughs> as, as an example, so if Mark Kohler was buying real estate with his IRA, it's not Mark Kohler on the purchase contract. It's directed trust company, FBO, Mark Kohler, Roth IRA, HSA, whatever account he's using. So the investment, rule number one is the investment is in the name of the retirement account, not you. And the retirement account pays for it. The retirement account receives the income for it. If there's earnest money when you buy the property, you ain't cutting the check. You're not buying it. Your retirement account is. It would pay the earnest money, of course, the funds to buy it. Rule okay. number one. Yes. Now, a great way, I'm going to stick with Matt's first rule and add a couple examples. Since Matt was mocking me earlier for my shirt today that <laughs> like I jumped out of Back to the Future. I'd say he looks like he looks like Biff. So if you're watching the video, he's, the shirt he's wearing, he looks like Biff, Biff from Biff, Back to the really? Future. Uh, Marty McFly, who do you want to be? Someone from Back to the Future. Biff's not the star of the show, though. But yeah, Biff's, Biff's kind of a jerk. So. You said I didn't look like Doc. That'd be hard. Yeah. Jokes about my age. Okay. <laughs> um, in Back to the Future, I can't remember if it was one, two, or three. They were wearing 3D glasses at some point. I can't remember mm -hmm. where they had those paper glasses. We yeah. all kind of remember those. Yeah. Um, that's what it's like when you invest with an IRA. What you might normally do in a real estate deal, you might buy this, put your teenagers in there, your college students, your grandma, or you might buy a property and get all creative. Cool. Nothing wrong with that. That's very common real estate kind of maneuvers. Very common real estate maneuvers that are never a problem. But once you put on those new glasses, those 3D glasses, um, you, you're looking through the lenses of an IRA and, and there could be a problem. You know, things yeah. that normally you don't see without those glasses on in a 3D movie, you're like, what? Well, that's how it is with an IRA. You have to remember, and people call our office and we can be jerks sometimes. People call me up and they'll go, I'm buying this property. And I thought, oh, you're buying the property? The IRA is. Well, the IRA is, but it's me. No, it's not. <laughs> when you get into your head that yeah. the IRA is doing the deal, then you put on these other set of glasses that have kind of rules that you normally wouldn't see. And it doesn't mean they're bad. It just yeah. means you got to be able to dodge that snake or whatever's coming at you. You might see with the with these glasses. Boy, I'm working that I don't know, analogy. I yeah, dude. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Okay. okay. Are you ready for rule number two? I'm ready. Hit me. All right. Rule number two. These are investment assets, not personal assets. Mm. Okay. It goes along with a couple of comments Mark kind of weaved into those examples there. Okay. You're not, if you're buying real estate, you're not buying it for personal use. You're buying it for investment purposes, long-term wealth in your retirement account. If you're flipping a property or you're buying some, you know, stock or whatever you're buying, like, you know, pub, private company, whatever, you're not going to buy it and sell it and make the money personally today. This is not for personal use or to make money on today, unless you're already at 59 and a half and you can then pull the money back out of your account. This is for investment purposes and to hold as a long-term wealth building strategy to grow a bigger retirement account. Okay. I like this. I'm color, I'm kind of the color commentary to your uh, rules. Now, <laughs> what we're not talking about is your ability to make money personally on these deals. I think that's going to be a different rule, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. This is the rule that I can't have personal benefit or use. Yeah. It's investment. Mm -hmm. So let me give an example. No 3D glasses or back to the future. But I'll, I'll reference what I just did a minute ago. The college apartment, college duplex. Yep. Very, very common for many of our clients. And we like our clients doing both. Buying yeah. real estate in their retirement account and in their personal name. There's benefits yeah. and pros and cons to both. Yeah. Let's say you buy that duplex down there in North Bend, Indiana for your kid going to Notre Dame. And you want to rent it to your kids. Do it all day long. That's Isn't great. South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, North Bend. I don't know. Some Bend. Corey, what's <laughs> it? what is it? South Bend. I don't know. I, I never made it around the corner to get down to the South Bend. It was yeah, like, yeah. on the North Bend. Yeah. North Bend's like a trailer park. You don't yeah. want to go. This, to does this go along with my example last week of Barry Sanders versus Barry, Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Mark threw out an example of Bernie Sanders. Uh, and he's, I was like, man, how's he bringing Barry Sanders into this? The of course, one of my favorite running backs, Detroit Lions, number 20. Was he number 20? That dude had moves. Anyways. He does. Back in the day. Bernie Sanders got moves too, but... Maybe not on the football field. Yeah, maybe not on the politics side. <laughs> These types of mistakes are called colorisms, where 
in my heart, you know what I meant, but yeah. you just don't you know judge you meant, me. Bernie. You, you give me some, you give me a break because mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in this head here. Okay. So anyway, so you South buy Bend. a duplex in South Bend, <laughs> a, Indiana, and your kid goes to college. Love it. Great move. Great investment move. Kid can rent fr- from it. You blah, blah, blah. But if your IRA buys a duplex in South Bend, your kid can't live there, nor can your mom, your dad. We're going to come to some of these rules of who these people are, but you can't have, I'm just going to say family for now until we get into these parties that I'm sure Matt's going to bring up is that your kid can't live in there and you can't go turn it into an Airbnb and stay there yourself. You got to let the investment go, which is cool. That's good. You're still going to make tons of money. It's just, it's not the one duplex your kid's going to live in. So that's the personal use rule. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, all right. Rule number three. I'm going to do another example because I was, that was really rude. You, Oops. you know, the North Bend mocking, but oh, that's fine. That. It was an innocent mistake. And yeah, it was break- just, you know, I was doing it for the, the listening audience. They like a little bit of folly and now and then. Yeah. At my expense, <laughs> at my expense, it hurts. It hurts right here. You stepped in it. You stepped in it. So. <laughs> Okay. All right. Third rule. Hey, if you do the crime, dude, you got to do the time. You know? got to do the time. <laughs> okay. dude, I was watching Lincoln Lawyer with my kid, my two, my two adult, my daughter and her husband who are living with me right now as they're looking for a house because they're going to be out. They're doing their little fixer upper. So excited. I make them watch Chip and Joanna every day. Um, I, they hadn't seen Lincoln Lawyer. So I made oh, them watch Lincoln funny. Lawyer. And I love the part where he comes out of the hospital and his driver goes, ain't nobody till someone shot you. <laughs> yeah, not your somebody <laughs> or eat somebody, whatever. Shut up. Okay, go ahead. What's no, number no, three rule? Okay, number three. Um, I don't know how to say this one. I feel like I'm gonna whiff on it, so you might be able to make fun of me here. But okay. it's a you know, like scuba, self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Okay, a scuba. scuba. Did you know that? Scuba diving. Yeah. I I did good, not. Good know trivial that. pursuit. You know, right there. Okay. Okay. An IRA is like Skyra, Skyra, I don't know, self-contained individual retirement account. Okay. What I mean though is when your IRA is doing something, it's doing it. Okay. Like let's the proper, the real estate's the easiest. We have clients doing lots of other things, but real estate's just the easiest example. Everybody can get it and, and appreciate okay. it. If I buy real estate with my IRA, like I said earlier, it's making the earnest money deposit. It's put the money down to buy it. It gets the rental income. It pays the expenses. One of the common mistakes is people will say, ooh, I just paid the insurance personally. Oh, I just cut a, sent a check for the property taxes personally. Okay, I see where you're going. That's a problem. Whatever the retirement account buys, it's everything in the deal. You're only behind the curtain, like orchestrating things, telling your IRA what to do. So don't mix in personal use. Maybe commingle might be a good word. Don't just don't mix in the personal stuff when your retirement account owns an asset entirely. Okay. Well, uh, the more you explained, the more I understood because your example sucked. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, of course, I'm not one to judge. Yeah, I, I, though, I knew it was. I knew it was going to be soft. Even though you were the first one to cast a stone, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say it how it is. Okay, I. You got a you got a rule. Another word that might be helpful is separate accounting. It's just like when you have your personal life and your business account, you want to keep them separate. It saves you in an audit and makes your life easier. You're, in fact, it's less stressful, less stressful, rather than throwing everything in one bucket. The other example is some people are like, oh, bookkeeping such a pain and separate bank accounts. I'm like, hold it, don't you have chest of drawers in your bedroom? Or do you just throw all your clothes in the corner? No, I have a drawer for socks, a drawer for underwear, a drawer for shirts. Well, that's what bookkeeping is. That's what bank accounts are. They keep the socks separated from the underwear. It makes life easier, less stressful. And that's how we want your IRA to operate. Let it have its own freaking checkbook, (laughs) pay its own bills. And I know that made a lot more sense to many of you than some scuba. I don't, I still don't even like I like the socks and underwear because you don't want to open up the underwear drawer and start putting those on your feet and then you can put your shoes on, you know, <laughs> got to make sure you know where the right drawers are too. I don't know what's in your underwear drawer, but that, <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. 
right. All right. Better, better analogy. Okay. okay. Let's do we're on rule four. Okay. Rule, rule four. four. Now, this is the big one. Because this is a good one for an article for you. Now, I know you've got a yeah. book on this. Some people- We are actually read. dictating- yeah, I've got a, I've got a book. It is the book on self-directed IRAs. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it is, it is, so, it is. It's a it good is. one. Okay, um, but we are actually dictating out, so we're putting out the text on all these podcasts. So you can go to directedira.com/podcast and you get the full text history of the, of basically transcribed the whole thing here. So, um, so that'll be it. And it will be edited to make me look smarter. That's, That's part right. of the deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Number four. four. (laughs) All right. Number four. Now this is where we're going to start using some technical rules. Okay. Now, before I do that, I just want to say self-directing your IRA is like playing a board game. Okay. Now this one's a good analogy. Yes, it is. This one's good. Okay. You can't just open up the damn board game and start moving pieces around and rolling the dice. You're going to screw it up. You're not going to play it right. Okay. When you do this with your IRA and you start self-directing your IRA, you don't just start moving the pieces around and filling in forms and saying, do this and do that. And go be in a cowboy. All right. You're going to mess it up and you're going to cause what's called a prohibited transaction. So you want to read the rule book. Like that's where we're giving you these rules. These would be in the rule book, or you can read my book, or you can work with someone who knows what the heck they're doing. It could be another investor friend that's self-directed many times, or your attorney. We can help you at KQS Lawyers. Um, So you just got to get educated, but it's not rocket science. It's the same damn thing over and over again. Okay, so that, I just want to get that out there before I drop the word. Oh, so this, the rule isn't know the rules. You've got a fourth rule. Yeah, the fourth rule You're is- You're just letting people not to let their brains explode. That was your disclaimer. Yes, I just- Okay, I just all right. So what's the fourth rule that's so dramatic talk- <laughs> that you had to use that board game example? Okay. Well, it's the big one. Okay. The prohibited transaction rule. Okay? Okay. You don't want to violate the prohibited transaction rule. Now, some of the rules we already gave, the first three, the reason you can't do that crap- is because it would cause a prohibited transaction. Okay. But I think it's good to know, all right, what let's just go through the definition of the rule so you and so you can see its application. And we're gonna give you some more like rules of the road examples too. But I think at this point we want to talk about okay. So number four, what the heck is that? You call it a prohibited transaction rule. What is it? Okay. It's three things. When you when you have three things aligned, you have a prohibited transaction. Okay. Retirement account. Transacts with a disqualified person. Okay. It's not about what your retirement account's buying. We don't care about that. You know, there's a prior podcast we talked about what can your retirement account buy. But the prohibited transactions have nothing to do with what you're buying. It's who is the account transacting with. All right. So here's a common question clients will do. And this would this would be subpart A to the rule. What if I already own an asset? I get clients who are like, oh, I already own some pre-IPO stock um, that's, that's gone up in value big time, but I own it in my personal name. Can I sell it to my Roth IRA right now? And then have my Roth IRA sell it and I'll sock away all the profits in my Roth IRA. That'd be pretty sweet, right? I'd be all over that helping you day in and day out. We would be telling you to do that, but you can't. Because if you own that stock or that asset that you think has gone up in value and you don't want to pay tax on it, you are committing a prohibited transaction. You're what's called a disqualified person under the rules. The IRS does not want your IRA transacting with you. And we'll talk about who's on this naughty list of disqualified people, but it's you and your spouse, kids, parents. We'll go through it more detail. So can I call this rule? Is this number four or five? This is four, right? This is four. Yeah. Okay. If anybody's making notes, if you allow me to make an amendment, Senator from Arizona. Yes. I would like to call this you can't transact with yourself or certain family. And well, certain that's family. number, that's going to be number five. We're going to say, oh, okay. And you cannot transact with certain people. And we're going to go through that list in number five. I like that. Just a suggestion. Can you I like that. Straightforward. Okay. okay. So I'll reiterate this number four thing. And that is you cannot buy an asset from yourself or do business with yourself. Like, so you, we have clients that buy a property and go, well, my S-Corp is going to do the rehab. Nope. Uh, well, it's not me. It's my S-Corp. Well, if you own a majority of that S-Corp, it's the same thing as you. Oh. Um, now, you are allowed to be the manager of an LLC, write checks, make decisions. And, but- That's going to be two sweat. podcasts away, maybe. Yeah. We're going to go over that one, by the way. We're going to go over the sweat equity type stuff. 
but transact. Okay, that's fair. We're not going to talk about you working in the business. That's another rule. But this is just transacting. You cannot buy a property with your IRA that you own, or this could be gold. It could be Bitcoin. It could be cattle. It could be a plane. We've had clients do all these things. In Private fact, shares in a company, all yep. that stuff. Last week, our show, we talked about that only about 40% of our clients are doing real estate with their subdirected IRA. There's a hundred other things people are doing. Well, not well a lot of the IRA LLC clients are doing real estate. So that's, yeah, there's a lot more. So um, there's a lot of, you know, people just do what they're good at. And real estate's the most common, but it's not the only thing. Yeah. There's a lot out there. So, okay. Um, so you're not gonna be able to transact yourself. You can't move assets from your personal name over to your IRA and sell it. Because I know what people think. They're like, ooh, I bought this real estate for a hundred grand and now it's worth 500. If I sell it, I'm gonna have a $400,000 capital gain. That would suck. I don't wanna pay capital gains tax on that. Well, and I sell that property for a hundred thousand to my Roth IRA and then I'll sell it for my Roth IRA for 500 to someone else, pay no tax. That'd be pretty genius, right? Yeah, IRS thought of that. Can't do it. Yeah, believe it or not, they are kind of smart over there. Yeah. And um, this transacting, I had a client that said, I want to move my secret recipe, you know, like the, think of it, the Coke recipe. I wanted mm -hmm. to move that to my IRA or a trademark or a patent. And I'm going <laughs> to lease it back to my business with my, to my, but my IRA owns it. Nope. None of that. So you, so now if you want to go out and create something possibly, or go yeah. buy an idea, the IRA can someone, hire the technical people to do it and create it. Yeah. You can do that. Look at what Peter Thiel did, which we've talked about before. He developed PayPal in the company, developed the concept of PayPal and all the technical procedures and coding yeah. or whatever. And his Roth IRA owned the company or his share of the company. Some so of it, yeah. that was yeah. great. But it, yep. he didn't develop all those ideas and then sell it to his Roth IRA. The Roth formed a company and then they created that technology inside the company once the Roth was already in the mix. Okay, yeah. rule four. Now, number five. Let's go to five. Okay. Who are the bad you guys. Can't, yeah. Your IRA or retirement account cannot transact with certain family. Okay. And we're going to go over who in the family is restricted. And you don't want to do business with family anyway. So this is an <laughs> right. easy one. Oh, Matt, you've got a good idea. You have a funny story on this, if I remember right. With Brooke's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I got, I got okay, you tell right. the rule. I've got, got a ton of great examples on this oh, one. Well, I don't know about a ton, but I do remember one. So <laughs> I'm going to say, Matt Sorensen, tell us the rule, and then I give you authority to show that, share that story. Everybody, it's okay. worth it. All right. So um, let's go over who in the family is on this list. Okay? okay. So these are the restricted people on the list. Spouse. For those of you in Utah, all spouses count. Okay. <laughs> Dirty, <laughs> dig. You know, I'm from Utah. So yeah, uh, you can, you're you a dentist. So you can tell dentist jokes. Yeah, I get it. It's okay. okay. All right. Parents, grandparents, the word is actually ancestors. So you think of the account owner, their ancestors, parents, grandparents, great grandparents. Okay? okay. Your IRA cannot transact with them. Also, when you go down your family line, you pick up your kids and spouses of your kids. So your son-in-law, daughter-in-law. Okay. So let's think of my IRA, okay? My IRA cannot tra transact with my dad, okay? No, I can't transact with my grandparents. When I go, but it could transact with my brothers. I have three brothers. Siblings are not on the list, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe they thought siblings, there's no love there. They're gonna, they've always had to fight for whatever they got between themselves anyways. They're gonna negotiate the hell out of this deal. It's gonna be a fair, straight up thing. I don't know. They just didn't make the list. <laughs> Let me throw you a curveball. How about your spouse's parents? Okay. Your spouse's parents. Now think of your account. Okay. okay. Let's think of your account, Mark. Okay. Think of your spouse's parents. Okay. Your IRA could transact with your mother-in-law because your mother-in-law is not your ancestor. The rule only says the account owner's ancestors. It does not say mm. the account owner's spouse's ancestors. So I could really stick it to her. Well, you could yeah. transact with her. So and I've had a client do that. I had a client who bought a, used his IRA. He bought a piece of real estate that he turned into a rental property. His in-laws sold their house because they were getting elderly. They wanted to get out of it, get the equity out. They got the sale of home exemption. Great. And they went and rented from his IRA that owned the property. Hmm. Totally okay. cool. All right. 
right. Now his his wife's IRA could not have done that because to her, that's her parents and they're restricted. Yeah. But for him, it was okay. You know, this is the freaking tax code. I'm now, just here to report it. <laughs> now, this is where the tax code does you some favors because yeah. for any of you fathers out there that have a daughter that's starting to date seriously, that you can quote this tax law. This is great. Mm-hmm. You can literally to- quote this tax law to your daughter and her boyfriend, Matt. Yeah. So you, you had a chance to use this. So I've got two daughters in college. Kind of, kind of great, actually. So, yeah. Um, let me give you an example of Claire. Okay. Okay. She has a boyfriend. His name is Jacob. Okay. He's in the Navy. Great kid. Let's say that Jacob comes to me and says, "Hey, Matt. Maybe they're married. At this point, he's, okay. he calls me dad. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, okay. He says, I want to buy this uh, rental property. I'm gonna, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix and flip a property. It's a fixer upper. I need like a hundred grand for the rehab." I know you like to self-direct your IRA. Why don't you, you want to loan me the hundred grand from your IRA and I'll uh, use that money to rehab the property and I'll pay you back the hundred grand plus 10% interest. <laughs> All right. Did he just say pay you back? Okay, this is good. <laughs> this is good. I'm loving this. All right. So the son-in-law says yeah. to father-in-law, can I borrow a hundred grand? I promise to pay you back. Okay. Yeah. This is good. This is, of course, this is, Wonderful stuff. All right. Yeah. Now, of course, if, if I was going to do that, I would get a promissory note and I'd get a lien and I'd throw it on title. There's no way in hell you're not going to get, um, you're paying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. But now here's the, <laughs> here's the rule. Remember the rule said, think of the account owner, me, the account owner's children are disqualified as are spouses of children. Mm-hmm. So son-in-law is going to be a disqualified person. Now I know that doesn't make sense. Think of yourself. Your son-in-law and daughter-in-law are disqualified to your IRA, but your IRA can transact with your mother-in-law or father-in-law. Who knows? Whatever. Why, why is the banana the- yellow? They're just yellow. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Write your congressman if you don't like it. Well, holy, uh, finish your story. You got the punchline. Oh. Do I have to do the punchline? Well, what's the punchline? I forgot. Okay. So Jason go comes to Matt and says, can I borrow your hundred grand? Okay. And deep down, you do not want to do this. Oh but yeah, you feel, okay. yeah. Yeah, you feel obligated, Matt. <laughs> didn't you feel obligated? Yeah, I felt like I want to help. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. But I'm also I, I want to comply with the tax rules because I'm a law-abiding citizen. This is serious. Yeah. So, Jason, so, I'm sorry, but I cannot loan to you. It, my hands are tied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now your daughter cannot be mad at you. Claire's like, Dad, I know you'd do it if you had the. That's right, Claire. Because I love you and I really like Jason. <laughs> but his name is Jacob. But oh, Jacob. Right. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Friday the thirteenth and and I just yeah. so I just wanted okay. to yeah. you know, a, some of the fathers think of it that way. My yeah. daughter is dating a serial killer. But uh so this is a great rule because it gives you a way out. And I'm no I'm joking here, but it's not a bad thing. <laughs> when, <laughs> I'm serious. When family comes to you at the family reunion and saddles up to you with some KFC and some coleslaw and says, Hey, I got this deal. And you say, ah, sorry, all my money's tied up in a retirement account and I can't do a deal with you. You're prohibited. What? Yep. Let me give you Matt Sorensen's book. And then you throw down Matt's book. They're like, Oh my gosh. But then you tell them, go find out, go find some other sucker. I mean, go out and find some other investor that has money in their retirement account. They could do the deal. Yeah. And your brother-in-law's like, oh, yeah, I love it. Thanks, Matt. See, so that that saved your life. This rule saved your daughter's relationship. Yeah. Yep. And so a lot of men of like like family anguish. So so that's the rule. So remember, spouse prohibited. Obviously, you are. But in the family, spouse, parents, grandparents, any ancestors of the account owner, and then children, spouse of children. Now, also... Ooh, maybe this is we should hit the next rule. Well, I'm gonna hit I'm gonna throw you at the curveball before you go to number six. Okay. Here's the curveball. Jason and Claire are not married. And Jason comes Jacob. to you. <laughs> Jacob. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. You know Jake, what? <laughs> screw it. Let's just call him Jason now. <laughs> okay. Jacob comes to Matt and they're not married yet. And he goes, Hey Matt, can I borrow a hundred grand? 
now because Matt is an honest, truthful guy and he's going to have to go through the pearly gates someday. Matt cannot pull out the rule that he's prohibited because his mm -hmm. daughter is not married to Jacob yet. Mm -hmm. So Matt feels obligated. His daughter comes crying to him. Please help Jacob. He'll provide for me better. Please loan him this money. And Matt's like, well, I don't have a way out. I'm going to have to do it. So Matt, you loan him the hundred grand. Then they get married. Do we have a problem? No. As long as you carry out the transaction, just as it was already agreed when you started it, you're okay. But if you have to amend the deal or Jason, whoever we're calling him now, <laughs> defaults and I got to like cut a deal to get payment because I needed maybe a short payoff. Maybe he thought he could sell it for more. Now he's only going to get me 80 grand back instead of 100. You know, now I've got a privity transaction issue. Now we're concerned. We don't love that. I think you could work it with the IRS if you got audited, but um, you've got some issues there for sure. So you probably still want to stay away from it in the close, serious relationship, certainly fiance status. Yeah, I want to repeat that so everybody understands what Matt said. Matt said it's okay because they weren't prohibited when he loaned the money to Jacob yeah. Jason. And so they're, he's fine. And if they marry, that relationship came after the transaction. So as long as you finish off the deal and everything's cool, not prohibited. Now, where this I've seen this really play out is I have the Kurt Russell and, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did, Goldie Hawn. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn story. Yeah. Now, many of you may or may not know this. They've been together almost 30 years and they've never gotten married. They just don't believe in marriage. That's cool. That's their deal. Well, they're not prohibited because they've never gotten married. So Kurt Russell could take his IRA and say, hey, Goldie, I'm, I hear you're producing another show. Let me invest in that show you're doing. Yeah. And We've his IRA. Could, IRAs invest in movies. We've had that. They do. They do. Yeah. IRAs are cool. investing in documentaries and movies all the time. 401ks. So Kurt Russell's IRA, I hope I don't get in trouble that they've actually done this. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm a, I'm. Hypothetically. We're, we're huge Kurt Russell fans, the good old days, the Disney movies. But let's say Kurt Russell could. He he could. He could loan his money out of his IRA or 401k to Goldie Hawn. Now, if Goldie and Kurt wake up one day and say, you know what? It's time to tie the knot. We're going to get married. Well, he can't do those deals anymore because they're married now. But any deals that they did before the marriage are not prohibited as long as they're carried out. So I think that's an important thing because I have some couples that are debating getting married and they got a deal going down with IRAs and they may hold off. So, yeah, the boyfriend, girlfriend one comes up once a month. Someone's in the boyfriend, girlfriend scenario. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. excuse me. Oh, that's right. I didn't see that one coming. All right. I number thought I six. hit the mute button in time. All right. Number, number six. six. Don't transact your IRA with your companies. Oh, okay. Okay. This one's quick because it's basically any company that you or that list of disqualified family we just talked about own 50% or more of. It's not 51, it's 50. Any company you own 50% or more of, your IRA is prohibited and cannot transact with that company. So let's say Mark and I each own an LLC 50-50 that owns real estate. And we have a couple of those. Let's say we needed 50 grand to do some something to it. Whatever, we need to, we're going to renovate it or whatever. My IRA cannot loan to that LLC because I already own it 50%. I'm disqualified. That LLC is out the door. Love it. I will not expand on that. Number seven, and this kind of relates to some of our prior comments. We talked about personal use and we talked about transacting with yourself. Now we're talking about compensating yourself. Your IRA business, whether it's an online business, a restaurant, real estate, whatever it is, cannot pay you for services you provide. Is that a fair rule? Good one. Yeah. So you can't, and, and I think, I don't know if this goes along with it, but the IRA cannot pay for your cell phone, pay reimburse you for mileage, yeah. pay you for your time. Pay you to um, travel to the Airbnb rental you want to go see in Florida, even if your IRA owns it. Okay. It's going to, there's too much self-dealing issues with that. Yeah. Now I think this leads us to number eight, Matt. If this teases up for this one is that you can't compensate yourself or reimburse yourself for expenses, but 
Could I fly to Florida and go check on my rental that's owned by my IRA? Where, where's the line yeah. in doing too much? You can, but I don't like the IRA to pay for it. Right, 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 right. So even if it's, I mean, you know, Florida, you could say that's self-dealing. You're personally benefiting because there's something called a self-dealing prohibited transaction where you benefit, which is essentially what Mark's talking about here. So I don't want you benefiting from your retirement accounts transaction. So flying to Florida could be seen as self-dealing. Even if you're flying to, you know, Duluth, Minnesota, is that our, is that our place we make fun of? I don't know. Yeah. You know. There's not a lot of people going there for fun, you know, but there's, that could still be deemed self-dealing, you know? All right. I'm sorry. All my Duluth listeners. Uh, we yeah. just lost a few. Yeah. Apparently there's you know, nothing to do in your town. And Matt uses that as a pun in his, I do some, not endorse. Some town had to be to fall on the sword. They had to, it just had to be done <laughs> for the sake of education to teach a point, you know, yeah, sure. um, you Duluthans, are they called Duluthans? Uh, Duluthians, maybe Duluthians. Uh, I have, do not uh, endorse nor uh, whatever Matt Sorensen's analogy because I just yeah. want you to know. Thank you, thank you for taking the other side on this. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, all right. Compensate yourself. Oh, that's where I wanted to get into sweat equity, and I think this is an important delineation. So I have an LLC. And again, real estate tends to be a good example, but it could be online marketing, online selling a product or whatever. You can be the manager of the LLC. Don't let some IRA trustee company or custodian or accountant freak you out. You can be the manager of the LLC owned by your IRA, but there's limits. As long as it's set up right and the documents are done right, we'll talk about it. We're going to do the IRA LLC, sometimes called checkbook IRA, about two episodes from now. So Yeah, yeah. So... Your management role has to be limited to administrative duties. Bookkeeping, cool. Writing checks, paying bills, yeah. not a problem. Making phone calls, hiring people. But once you start going out to the property or going into the restaurant and cleaning the place or doing dishes or going down to the warehouse and helping package things to mail, once you start providing physical on-site labor, is that fair, Matt? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. That's where you cross. Yeah, I'm cool like going to the property, but like going to like tell someone else what to do or to make sure someone did it. Um, but not like going in there and picking up the hammer and starting to do the work. That's where you cross the line. Yeah. Now, let me use now. Let's see. This is where some people I think get there's people out there that want to motivate you not to self-direct. And this is one of their, I think, deceptions is they'll say, well, if you buy a rental in your own name, you can save money by playing your own property manager and you can go plunge a toilet or you could go mow the lawn. And so you're going to make more money when you own a rental in your own name. And they'll say, never buy rentals in your IRA because you don't get the tax benefit. Well, hold it. We're not buying rentals in my IRA for tax benefit. I'm buying rentals in my IRA because they get a better return than a stupid ETF or mutual fund that's getting 6%. I can get a better rate of return. So now, could that return be a little higher in my personal life when you add some tax benefits? Sure. But I'm not comparing it to me buying real estate. I'm comparing it to my IRA buying other options. And you know what? The real estate option looks pretty damn good. So don't worry about these issues of, well, I got to pay for a property manager now. Why well, I put it in the budget? How does it, does it pencil out? Yeah. I still make a 23% rate of return with my rental cash flow and everything, even though I pay a property manager, then do it. Don't stress out that you're paying a property manager. Look at the final result. That's what you need to focus on. Keep your eye on the ball. Don't notice the red dress walking down the street. Keanu, that happened to him in the matrix. Keep focused on the matrix. All right. Rule number nine, don't extend credit or guarantee loans that your IRA is getting. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Let's go back to real estate again. Again, it's the easiest yeah. one. IRA is buying real estate. I want to get a mortgage on the property. I'm going to put down some cash from the IRA, get a loan for the balance. You can do that. Not a problem. But you need to get what's called a non-recourse loan. Okay. A non-recourse loan is a loan where the bank lends money on the property, but says if there's a default, by the IRA or your IRA LLC or Solo K or whatever it is, 
we're going to foreclose and take the property back. Done. We're not going after the retirement account. We're not going after the account owner personally. Our remedy is against the property that we loan on, period. Now, you cannot sign a guarantee, okay? That violates the rules. You can't just get the regular mortgage loan that you go to your regular bank or mortgage loan officer. They're probably not going to do it. We have a list of about four banks that specialize in non-recourse loans to IRAs buying single family rentals to commercial apartment buildings or commercial properties or apartment buildings. So um, so if you're going that route to get a, lo- a loan, don't guarantee the debt. You know, I've got two curveballs. Here's my first one. Tell me the name of one of your brothers, Matt. I feel bad. I've met him a couple of times, but uh, I, I don't Brett. Know. Brett. Okay. Let's say Brett, Matt's brother, says, hey, Matt, I love what you're doing. I've been watching. Believe it or not, I've ignored you for years, but I want to invest with you now. And Matt says, all right, maybe this is good for us to rekindle our relationship as brothers. Let's do it. (laughs) Now, can Matt, can you put in your IRA money and Brett co-sign on the loan to get a better rate? And have it non-recourse. I'm sorry, and have it recourse to him. He's not prohibited because he's a brother. So when yep. you say you can't have a no, you can't have a recourse loan, well, you could as long as it's not a recourse loan to you. Is Absolutely. that right? Absolutely. Very correct. So a disqualified person, really. Remember, that's you, your spouse, your kids, parents, not my brother, like Mark's doing this example. My brother's totally clean. Okay. But so disqualified people can't guarantee the debt or provide their credit. But See, an, another investor could that's yeah. not on the naughty list, that's not on the disqualified person list, like my brother. Yeah. Absolutely, you could do that. And I've done that plenty of times. See, this is where the lenses come in, where you put on those 3D glasses. See, if Matt's going to go buy a property and it's his second or third property of the year, it's a good deal. He doesn't want it on a FICO store, score. He calls his mom and says, hey, mom, you got a great FICO score. I'll give you 20% of this LLC. I just want to throw this on your credit and we get a better rate on the mortgage. Are you in? And mom says, Matt, that sounds great. I trust you. That is a personal real estate deal that happens all the time. Wonderful. Great. Go for it. Love it. But once you put on those 3D glasses and the IRA is doing the deal, it can't call mom. Can't call the IRA owner's mom. But it could call the IRA owner's brother, Brett, and say, go sign on the loan down at the bank. We're going to get a better interest rate. It cash flows the property. Are you in? Okay. Yep. All right. I've got another curveball. Okay. Okay. Let's say I'm running an operational business. So I'm doing a restaurant with my IRA. Happens all the time. Yep. And my IRA is in this restaurant. I've hired third-party manager, you know, people that are running the show. I'm just coming in, checking it on it once in a while. And they need to pay for some new furniture or they need to pay for a new software system or a point of sale program or some sort of thing. Can they use my credit card to do that? Could they, what type of credit could the restaurant use where it wouldn't cross the line and where would it cross the line? So what does the IRA own? The IRA owns the restaurant. 100%. Well, sure. 50% or more. Okay. My IRA owns 50% or more of this restaurant. Maybe I partner with a chef. Mm-hmm. See, that happens too. I had a client that took their IRA, funded the restaurant build out, and it mm-hmm. partnered in an LLC with a, a chef that was really good. And the yeah. chef didn't have the money to open the restaurant, but was, was willing to run it. Great little partnership LLC. But the IRA is the majority owner. Can my deb- my credit card be used for acquisitions or prices or a credit line at the bank? No. Okay. I would not do that at all. And there's a case called Peak and Fleck versus Commissioner that's on. It's in my book and everything. I won't get on it, but there, that's a company structure like that where it was two 50-50 owners actually. Both use their Roth IRAs and okay. guaranteed debt. And we're trying to say, well, this was at the company level and you know, there's an unrelated person here for the other 50%. I just don't like it when your IRA is in at all. 10%. I don't want you guaranteeing debt for the company it might be in. What I was trying to use the example that it was not real estate. So that debt could be a credit card. Right, right. Line of credit, whatever you're talking about. Yeah, so stay away from that. Even if it's not, you may say, well, Mark and Matt said, I can't co-sign on a mortgage for a rental, but I could use my credit card. No, same thing. 
if yeah. you're personally responsible for that credit. Okay. Yeah. That was my curveball. I like it. Okay. Okay. Number I, 10. Number have 10. 10. I think we call it at 10. Do you want to call it 10 this, rules? Ooh, this yep. is good. Okay. 10 rules. Okay. And this is the overarching one. Okay. Don't okay. be stupid. Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Class, actually, we're on the same mind. Yeah, yeah, invest in what you know, okay, invest in what you know, and do your due diligence. See, self directing is a way to make money, to get better returns than you can in the market, to go into what you're good at, but you need to know what you're doing on the investment side of things, too. Sometimes I get clients who get so good at all the technical rules, they read my book, but they're clueless about the investment that they're making. Yeah, all right. And so, and they've done everything right on the, the technical rule side, but they have not asked the questions on the investment. They've just been pitched something. They're like, cool, I can do this with my IRA. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Okay. So yeah. you still, when you're investing, <laughs> make sure you're doing your due diligence. All right. If you guys in college, that's a rule that you want to live by. <laughs> just because I can doesn't mean you should. All right. right. That's Corey, make a note of that. Okay. <laughs> These young guys, they just, you know, just because right. you can doesn't mean you should. Okay. Yeah, I've learned some things over the yeah. years. This is the uh, show teaches you life lessons as well. Okay. Right. Now, Matt, I want to amend yours. Okay. I think I just to add something to this one is invest in what you know, do your due diligence, yada yada. Get educated on this, which I think goes with it. Not only do you need to know, just because your IRA can buy a restaurant, don't go buy a restaurant if you don't know what the hell the restaurant business is about because it's not easy. Yeah. Same thing with real estate or an online business or Bitcoin. Bitcoin sounds cool, but if you don't know what you're doing with currency like that, then don't do it. So, but that also goes with rules. We have some clients, like we were talking about them just the other day. Everything this guy touches turns to gold. I mean, he's one of my favorite real estate developers. I mean, just bing, bing. I just want to follow him around and buy anything he buys. I mean, but he doesn't know the IRA rules. And nor does he want to learn them. He just wants to call me every time. And he gets upset when I bill him, but he wants to just call me. Oh, can I do that? I'm like, just spend a little time getting to know the rules. You don't need to call me all the time. I don't want to deal with it. So (laughs) I think it goes both ways. We have clients that get too educated on the IRA stuff, yeah, but then don't learn about restaurants. And then people that are great with restaurants or real estate and don't want to learn the IRA. So just, just get educated on it. We're going to try to spoon feed you this on a podcast like this, where it's not too bad. Um, and just on that note, I will quote Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. Don't get yourself shot. You know, <laughs> don't go out and do something stupid and get yourself shot. And Forrest Gump looked, oh, okay. Yeah, I love that. That's a good one. That is you know, you can always finish with a Forrest Gump quote. You've done a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Run, Forrest, run. Yeah. Run fly fly away like a bird in the sky. Yeah. If you're if your accountant says you don't need a LLC with a law firm. You can do this on LegalZoom. Run on the forge. <laughs> so there's the sales page. You really need a good custodian and a good kind of tax law firm that knows what they're doing. We're not, we're not charging five grand for an LLC. For the most complex IRA LLC, in, if, unless you want to spend a ton of time on the phone, we're at 1500 bucks. 1500 bucks. Yeah. And then regular, the the typical one most people do is 800 bucks. That's where you're, you just have yeah. your IRA that owns it hundred percent clean and easy. We 800 bucks, you get a consult. We break down how to use it, how it's going to work in your deal. So, um, but of course, kqslawyers.com is where you can get more info on legal services or consulting. If you need it, the book, the self-directed IRA handbook is on my site and on, uh, on Amazon. Uh, we have quick start guides at directedira.com for a lot of these issues. It's a ton of free content. And of course, we'll have more amazing episodes here on the Directed IRA podcast. Okay, now, and Matt, can I, before the music yep. starts, okay, one other thing. I, maybe I'm going to get on a soapbox here for just two seconds, but if your custodian, which is lesser level than a trust company, I mean, these custodians are kind of running around loosey-goosey around the country. But if you're dealing with an IRA custodian or a trust company that says, oh, we can do the LLC for you. Or, oh, we'll give you the advice you need because they don't want you to go open your account anywhere else. And they're afraid to send you out to the wolves because they don't have a referral system they want to do. So they try to do it all themselves. Now, let's say you you, you try to follow what they say and something goes wrong. 
Do you think they're going to say, oh, well, we're, we gave you legal advice. We have malpractice insurance. We'll back that up. Or are they going to say, well, the technical print said you are self-directing and you better know the rules on your own. Well, hold on. You were giving me advice. Well, we were just trying to educate you on it, but you needed to go get your own professional. Well, right. you didn't give me any professional and you didn't even suggest that I get another professional. As fast as these people will give you advice is as fast as they're going to run if anything goes wrong. Yeah. Plus, they don't have credentials to give that advice. You're, and I, I can't tell you how many stuff we've had to fix that comes over here from clients that have been, you know, destroyed another custodian, messed up. And we have to, they get over here, and we got to try and straighten it out. And so um, save yourself from that. Just, and it doesn't have to be us. Just get someone that, I mean, we, we are like experts in this field, like the, the forefront best. audit, it, you know, really, but Matt's the best out there. Yeah. So, um, and our team of tax attorneys here, you know, we have five tax associates that are like on this stuff and have all consulted over a thousand self-directed clients. So we're here as a resource if you need it. Um, and of course the accounts you can do at directed IRA, you can set up fully online at directedira.com. And it, this is one reason why we started directedira.com. And I want to give full kudos to Matt, the president of the company is because people at these freaking stupid custodianships were hiring Matt to go out and teach brand new college students sitting in a cubicle to give clients advice. And he's, and, and I'm putting some words in your mouth, Matt, but you tell me if I'm wrong, you'd get in the conference room, teach these 20 kids, we're older, so we can say that, but these young people in their twenties, these rules, and then they were going out and getting on the phone, giving this advice to everybody. And we're like, whoa, 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 that, that's, that's not too wise here. Well, we want to grow and get more accounts and we're going to answer their questions. Well, they were, it was just a disaster. And so we said, you know what, we're going to freaking do it right. And Matt Sorensen yeah. had a vision. He fell off the, in the bathroom and saw the flex capacitor and said, I can do it. Plus class has two piece, you know, parts to it. So we got, we got the law, we got the law firm. We need the advice. We got the account to handle with your self-directed account. So yeah. that all comes together. Light speed, oh. you know, you're oh. going back in time, baby. All right. There all you right. Go. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Thanks everybody. You can learn more at directedira.com slash podcast where there's prior episodes, see upcoming shows, also get the texts, see the video if you're into the video. Um, and thanks for being here.